exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dave Rinku. I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left, as in last week she was on my right, but on my left this week. Megan, how you doing today? I'm doing good. That's great to hear. So you started a new job today. I did. I did. It was an interesting first day on the job. But nice. It's, I've heard it's going to pick up once sports season starts since college is on vacation right pretty now. much so we probably won't pick up till labor day weekend okay is when we'll start getting really exciting and it's only may <laughs> it's only may i know it, for some reason i had this feeling the summer's gonna whiz by it's just gonna go crazy i they mean they always do though i know because it's already almost the end of way may before you know it, it's end of june and then once july 4th hits then it's just kind of everything just goes so fast always it's just like the show the first half an hour seems to take a while and then, and then the second half the is the like, second half like where we go how's it 750 <laughs> but uh i hope everyone out there uh had a fantastic weekend uh without a doubt uh yesterday was mother's day of course so uh happy mother's day belated mother's day to all the mothers out there and uh, i want to give a personal uh happy mother's day out there to my mom i hope you had a great mother's day as well as my grandma Obviously, two women in my life who have been very integral in my development as a human being. So I just want to give my love and uh, shout out to them. Happy Mother's Day to you guys. And we do have a guest on today's program, Alex Garb. Thank you for coming back on the show. Great to be here, Dave. I was tearing up a little bit from your... I know. I was really... It's an, I'm, you know, it's an Oscar-worthy performance I was going yeah. for. <laughs> and uh, yeah, happy Monday. I'm glad to give Megan her thrown back on the... On to your left. On to the left. I, I kept turning my right. I'm like, I, ca- a I got different. thrown off yesterday. It's a Even little just weird. sitting on the other side of the room, you feel like you're in a whole different room. It is, and it's dark in that corner. It and it, yeah, <laughs> it is dark in there. I felt lonely. But uh, yeah, Alex, definitely great to have you on the show. Yeah, great to be here. A lot going on today. Oh yeah, got a decent amount to talk about. As Megan has said, I mean, college sports uh, really kind of uh, on vacation uh, for the time being. But we do have a little news for Michigan State that we will talk about. But more importantly, we will be talking more about the Detroit Tigers right now. Back to 500 after splitting the series with the Oakland A's here this weekend out in Oakland, 17, 17 and 17. So we're going to talk about the Tigers. Um, again, what we think is going well, what we think we need to see improve, and who you think the best hitter in Major League Baseball is. We're going to get into that topic and see who you guys out there think is the best. We'll also be talking about the NBA. LeBron won his third MVP in the last four years. We'll talk about is LeBron deserved of that third MVP and the playoffs in general. We have the conference finals that kicked off here on Sunday and uh, the rest of the conference finals are going to take storm today and tomorrow. So we're going to get into the conference finals, who we think, uh, excuse me, the semifinals, who we think is going to make it to the conference finals. We'll also talk a little NHL. NHL uh, kicked off their conference finals last night with the uh, the Kings and the Coyotes going at it in the Western Conference Finals. What we're going to talk about the NHL is are you interested in it right now? I know the Red Wings haven't been in it. They got knocked out very early in the first round. But is the NHL something right now, the playoffs, something that you're more into this year than maybe in years past because the ratings do have something to say about that? And we will finally get to the topic of Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. Uh, we did not have time last week. I didn't want to really squeeze it in there in a short amount of time. But we will get to it. Are they ever going to fight? It's something a lot of people have been discussing for a while now. Any fans of boxing, of course, want to see this match happen. 
but in all seriousness, will it happen? Phone number is 517-432-3893. Don't forget that phone number. Give us a call all show. Definitely love to hear your opinion. But we will start with Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State wide receiver DeAnthony Arnett has uh, been granted a residence waiver by the NCAA, which means he will be eligible to play here in the 2012 season, and he has three years of eligibility remaining. He is a native of Saginaw. He played his freshman year down in Tennessee this past season, but his father, who lives in Saginaw, he's on dialysis right now, needs a kidney transplant, you know, really not doing too well health-wise. That's why Arnett wanted to come up here, be closer to his family. So it's great to see that he did get that waiver, that he's allowed to come to Michigan State. I think he's going to be a great addition here for this team. And just, you know, between, you know, Alex, you, Meg, I mean, what does it mean to have Arnett on this team? Wide receiver is a position that I think a lot of people have been questioning here going into this season, losing B.J. Cunningham, losing Keyshawn Martin. What does this mean for the program and DeAnthony Arnett just for his mental state here during this season? I think it's going to be a lot better, a good thing for the program and for him. Uh, that's That's been an ongoing story since... It's been Yeah, we, we talked about it for a while. A long time, and I'm glad they finally were able to figure that out because when they were thinking about not letting him play up here and not letting him leave in the first place... Um, I was I was kind of mad. I was like, "Why this kid's dad is like really he, sick?" He's very sick. Yeah, and you know, I think it's going to be good because he's going to be closer to home um, instead of being down south. Wasn't he? Like, yeah, he was in Tennessee, in Tennessee. So I mean, not not that close. No, and I think it's going to be good for us because, like you said, it'll replace some key um, wide receivers that we're going to be missing. Obviously, we have some guys to that back them up, but he's a good wide receiver, and I think he'll be good for the program. Without a doubt. I mean, I think uh, last season he had 24, uh, uh, he grabbed 24 passes for 242 yards, two touchdowns. Not amazing numbers, but he was on Tennessee. Tennessee wasn't that good at all last year. But this kid is touted to be a very, very good wide receiver and has a lot of potential. The ceiling is very high for this young man. Uh, here is a quote from DeAnthony Arnett in regard to the situation. You said, quote, from the beginning, my father told me not to worry and to put the waiver request in the good Lord's hands. I'm glad everything is taken care of so I can concentrate on preparing to have an impact on the team this fall, end quote. Uh, Mark D'Antonio did finish uh, that thought up with a statement saying, quote, DeAnthony is thrilled with NCAA's decision and he's looking forward to getting back to work in preparation for the upcoming season. He's an outstanding young person and we are delighted that he's been afforded the opportunity to further his education and athletic career here at Michigan State, end quote. Um, any thoughts in general, Alex, uh, of having D'Anthony be able to be on this team, get all this out of the way, knowing where he's going to be finally, and can really settle in. Yeah, Dave, obviously with the loss of their receivers from this past year with Cunningham gone now, it's it's very easy to see how this new addition is going to help. With Andre Ryson, we were talking about last week, Yes, that's going to be a big key for them. And obviously, this is a Saginaw native, notorious for producing good prospects, good NFL futuristic prospects. I think this is a great this is a great fit for him. You've got the historic Michigan State receivers from the past that continuously show why Michigan State is, is a great receiver school. And then you've got new coaching, so I think it's a perfect fit. I agree. Very excited to see it happen, as you mentioned, Alex. I mean, we've seen Plexico Burris, Charles Rogers, who, even though we flamed on the NFL, he was a great Michigan State wide receiver. Uh, really, DeAnthony Arnett will be competing with Tony Lippett and Benny Fowler, who have already had some experience with this team in the previous season. So it should be a nice little battle there for DeAnthony Arnett, and I look very much, really look forward to him being on this program. So congratulations to him and the program finally getting that worked out. 
Derek Nix was sentenced Thursday to twenty. This was this past Thursday, twenty four hours of community service, and will pay eight hundred and fifty three dollars in fines and court costs after pleading guilty to a misdemeanor charge of impaired driving. This is an article off DetroitNews.com. He must also attend eight to twelve sessions of marijuana specific abuse program and attend a victim impact panel on June twenty first in East Lansing. This is all in regard to his arrest on April 3rd due to a traffic stop where the officer smelled the odor of marijuana and found marijuana in the vehicle. So really the fine and the charges for a first-time offense are very, I think, very standard. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it comes with some type of a, you know, assessment type, you know, program, abuse program, whether it's an NA meetings you need to attend or AA meetings that you need to attend. So hopefully... Yeah, obviously he's going to do his community service. He's going to do his, um, you know, he's going to pay for the consequences, and hopefully he can, you know, be on track. I think. I mean, beyond that, I think Nick's who will be again the only senior on this team. We need him. Oh yeah. So we need him to be fully there physically and there mentally because we know two years ago it was a weight thing that was a problem. You know, with Nick's, he dropped all that weight for this uh, yeah. for this last season. So let's just hope. I mean, a lot of people out there have dealt with weight issues. It's very easy to balloon up and down sometimes, especially when emotional things are going on in your life. Mm -hmm. So I just hope you can keep it all in context, not get too worked up over anything. Yeah. You know, pretty fair sentence in general. Yeah, well, one thing I do want to note, though, is that Mikel Lashore, Detroit Mm -hmm. Lions running back, just pled guilty and paid a $575 fine and will face no jail time. You compare the two charges, and obviously with community service, requirements from the university, it's a little different. Yes, but at the same time, I, I think that he might even actually have a little more. He might. I mean, Nix's sentence does look, uh, I mean, compared to that sentence at least, it looks a little worse. For Nix, it does. Uh, but really, like you said, I think the school themselves also want him to go through these, this program, sit on you know this impact panel to really kind of see what these types of decisions can lead to and you know, how people can be harmed by these types of decisions. So... It's tough to compare an NFL player to a college kid, but it's a smaller fine. It's like $300 less and nothing else. And this is LaShore's second offense. Right. So we'll see what goes on from there. We really will see what happens with Roger Goodell and whether LaShore is going to get a suspension from the NFL for his second uh, substance abuse offense. A little news here for the Michigan State hockey team. Uh, forward David Bondra committed to Michigan State's hockey team this week, according to the Chili Whack Chiefs of the British Columbia <laughs> Hockey League. I did not make that up. The Chili Whack Chiefs are what they are called. Hmm. Um, uh, he played 59 games this season, scoring th- uh, 63 points, 22 goals, you know, third best on his team. And if that name Bondra means anything to you out there, he is the son of former NHL player Peter, bon- uh, Peter Bondra. So Peter Bondra, who played for the Washington Capitals for 16 seasons, um, assuming his son will probably be quite talented. Just to assume. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Peter Bondra's kid. <laughs> so uh, good stuff for Michigan State because uh, they did lose um, t- what was it, Tyler Krug. Uh, to the uh, NHL, to the Boston Bruins, Mm -hmm. who was a big piece here with Michigan State this past season. So good stuff for Michigan State. And we're going to talk about the Detroit Tigers now, a team that, uh, you know, baseball, It's that's what's in full swing, right? That is what we are talking about at this point. And the Tigers started off a road trip here this last Monday, and it was going to be a long road trip. And we all knew this. They're playing 19 of 24 games in the month of May on the road. It's a lot of their schedule on the road. They will only be home for five games here in the middle of the month against Minnesota and Pittsburgh. But they did start a three-game series off against the Seattle Mariners, a team that swept us here back at Comerica Park not more than a few weeks ago. And in the first game, Tigers lose a close one. Again, not being able to score enough runs, losing 3-2. to two. 
On Tuesday, you have your ace, Justin Verlander, on the mound. So, as assumed, you got to win. Mm-hmm. Six to four was your win. Verlander goes out there, gets his third win of the season. Valverde gets his sixth save of the season. And then Wednesday, in a real tough, low-scoring loss yet again, Tigers lose 2-1 to one here against Seattle, losing two out of the three games in this series, now having lost five out of six games to the Mariners all season. So we travel to Oakland, where our best friend Brandon Inge is out there swinging the bat, playing third base, <laughs> big smile on his face. And the Tigers start the series off right. They get a win 10-6. to Scherzer does a nice job on the mound. Tigers really attack from the get-go, get up 10-2 to in this ball game, And then Brandon Inge hits a grand slam just for fun, just to really make this game 10-6. to Why not? Okay. But then the Tigers get lit up on Friday, losing 11-4. to Porcello not doing it. Brandon Inge hitting another three-run knock in this game. It was really just a little extra insult. The Tigers were losing pretty poorly in this game to begin with. But an uh, extra three-run home run from Brandon Inge to remind us maybe we shouldn't have let him go. But then on Saturday, Fister goes out onto the mound, who has been pitching great. I think Fister, ever since coming back from that abdominal strain and going back to last season, has looked really fantastic out there. The Tigers, with another tough loss, cannot manufacture any runs. McCarthy uh, striking out 10 batters in this game. It was a completely pitching game. Uh, it was a weird start time in Oakland. It was a 5.05 start time in Oakland. It was an 8 o'clock start time here on the East Coast. And if you ever have watched baseball out in Oakland, the shadows really play a big deal at that time if you're playing in that ballpark. As we saw, it was really a pitcher's game in this ball game. Tigers losing 3-1. to one. And then Verlander steps on the mound for the Tigers on Sunday, gets the win. Three to one's your final score in that game. Nice little added extra run there at the, in the top of the ninth for Detroit to give Valverde a little bit more breathing room. And the Tigers get their win there, make them 17 and 17, one game behind the Cleveland Indians right now in the American League Central Division. Let's really just talk about the Oakland series. I don't think we need to rehash that Seattle series last week. But looking at this Oakland series, what did you see out of this team? I mean, they were the bots. The bats were alive. Excuse me, the bots. Yes, the bats were alive Thursday. It was the first time I think we really saw it. The bats just were absolutely explosive. Ten runs very early in this ball game. What did you take away from this season? This series split with Oakland. Oh, it's got me. I mean, it's still early in the in the season, but I'm starting to get maybe just a little bit worried, just okay. because we can't seem to move away from 500. Okay, we're either one above, one below, two above, two below, whatever. Um. What I what I took away though is yeah they they did have a one really good game and then I was talking like with my grandpa about it and stuff um, these last couple of games and it's they they're having problems hitting but on top of it they're leaving too many guys on base and I think that's our biggest problem yes um, it's like we get like I think we loaded the bases at one point and then there was one out Jerks popped out and then someone else hit into a double play, like a double player yeah. something like that I don't know and it's just I think that's one of our biggest problems is we tend to leave too many guys on base mm-hmm. and I think we lead not in a good way I think we lead like with that statistic or or somewhere around leading with that statistic um other than that I mean they were they were doing okay I think on offense I think that was the biggest thing and I think that's why it just seems so terrible why we couldn't score is because we kept leaving guys on base yeah that's really I think that's mainly I think what I was going for but our pitching seems okay starting pitching I think looks yeah, great um 
And I just, I don't know, I hope they can get it together. I can't exactly pinpoint just, like, one thing and be like, this is what we're doing completely wrong. I wish I knew exactly what we were doing wrong. Because I, I don't think it's one thing. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you can just say, oh, starting pitching's bad. Yeah. Well, the bullpen's, you know, shoddy. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is a mix of things, and usually it is in baseball. I think it's hard in baseball to really, really yeah. always say, okay, it's this one thing that they need to fix. I really agree with you that it is timely hitting that needs to be worked on with the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. It would scare me more if this team wasn't hitting at all. Right. If they were just struggling and not getting, I mean, you've seen their, you know, two, four, you know, four hits a game. That would worry me. Really, what this team needs to do is figure out when to get the clutch timely hits. Mm-hmm. When the batters are on base, being able to get them home. It's like Cabrera. Cabrera did a good job with it yesterday. Yes. And I, I don't know if he had two RBIs or just one, but he I. He had two, yeah. I, th- I thought he had two. Two timely singles. Yeah, and that's what we needed. That's exactly, because, yeah, this team, they, they just need to be able to score the runs when they manufacture the hits. Uh, you know, we've seen those, how many times have we really seen bases loaded, one out, two outs, and not getting anyone home. That's I, why I'm not as worried, because I think that'll come with time. Yeah. I think, we, you know, we've all said this team, it really is more of a summer-type team when it does get warmer. We see them pick up, the bats pick up a little bit more, and I think we will see that. The bullpen is still very shaky. Mm-hmm. I think that's a problem. Uh, finally yesterday, everyone, I think, could take a breath with Benoit having, other than walking the first batter, after that he got right out of it. He, you know, quick, and Valverde, for the first time in forever, got three straight outs. I think Andy Dirks has th- a th- an eight-game hitting streak right now, too. Yeah, and Andy Dirks is, he's hitting lights out. I'm Andy Dirks, he he stepped into that two spot, and mm-hmm. he didn't, he's just letting it go. Mm-hmm. Really hitting very comfortably with a lot of confidence. And then on top of that, Austin Jackson's getting on base more than he used to. <laughs> right. My my MVP for the season so far for the Tigers is Austin Jackson. <laughs> he is. I mean, with just getting on base, batting over 300, and it's not even just batting over 300, like you said, he's mm-hmm. being patient, getting drawing walks, and I'm mm-hmm. very impressed to see that out of Austin Jackson, which is something we knew we had to get out of them out of him this season to give Miguel Cabrera, to give Prince Fielder those chances at being able to drive in those runs. You know, Alex, watching this team right now, uh, you know, Verlander yesterday on the mound, he came out only throwing 104 pitches in seven innings. Uh, His lowest pitch count in a game since that he's won since July 10th, 2010. It's been a while. I think a lot of us thought that Verlander would come back out into the eighth inning, especially with how shaky the bullpen has been. But I read something interesting the only reason he came out, he had a callus on his right thumb that started to bleed. Ooh. Okay, here's a quote from Justin Verlander in regard to this. He says, quote, I looked down toward the end of the seventh inning, uh, toward the end of the seventh inning, and it was bleeding. We came up to the clubhouse to take a look at it because I didn't want to alert the whole world by staying in the dugout that something was going on. Obviously, I wanted to go back out, but there is no point in risking something serious happening. End quote. Because I know that's what I was talking about with my friends. Why is he coming out? I know he's kind of on a pitch count, at least in the sense that it's early in the season. You don't want Verlander always going out there throwing 120, 125 pitches. But looking at this team, Alex, they haven't won back-to-back games since April 17th, April 18th. How do they write the ship? And at least, like Megan was saying, we're all, we've just been 500. 10-9, and 11-12, and 12, 12, you know, like, how do they at least manufacture more wins? Yeah, that that's definitely a, a a key concern, especially the fact that they are not consistent. But you look at this division right now. You look at Chicago White Sox two point five back. Mm-hmm. You look at Kansas City four point five back. This division obviously has a lot of great teams that can compete in any year. The AL Central in years past is always most most likely a throw up division, in my opinion. And this year, it being so early, I I wouldn't say that the Tigers really need to search for 
that that key element to make them grab a couple wins because right now, as you know, baseball is a lot of luck, a lot a lot of intangibles in baseball. I agree. So I think right now it's not that big of a deal to worry about. You know what what is that that formula because. Dave Dombrowski has not made really any big moves yet, and I think if he does need to find that consistency, if he really does need to find that 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 binding factor to, to bring a couple more wins for the Tigers, I think he will make that move. So my answer to your question, Dave, is yes, I, I do think there is a, a formula for it, but I think we won't know what that is unless either A, Brandon make, uh, Dombrowski makes a move, or B, we wait to see what the Tigers can do. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you it's early. And that's why in baseball, too many fans, too many people, it's what have you done for me lately, always the mentality of that. This team's 500, they're only a game behind the Cleveland Indians, they're not sitting back six, seven games in the division, they're still at 500, and I saw a very, very interesting stat during the game yesterday on Fox Sports Detroit, they showed what this team looked like through this many games last season and this season, looking at Team ERA, looking at the bullpen, looking at batting average, looking at all of those statistical categories. And even though for some reason this year we all feel like it's, you know, not not a letdown, but they're not living up to what we thought they might do, but they're actually pretty much even or ahead of all those categories wow. looking back at last season. And I thought that was just a great graphic that they brought up yesterday during this game because at least in my eyes, a lot of my friends' eyes, people I speak with, it's always this, it's that same, men, it, we're always talking like, ah, it's not bad yet, it's not, it's not great it's not anything anyone's running home about and praising the Tigers for. It's always like, you win one, you lose one. You win one a little, you know, decent one here. But I just think, in general, for the fans, for everyone, let's not get too worked up yet. There's 34 games in the season. We're about a quarter of the way through it. And Tigers bats do pick up definitely more when it gets later into the summer. But let's check the phone lines out. Hey, how's it going? You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, good afternoon. This is Paul from Detroit calling. What's going on, Paul? Hey, I just want to uh, first of all say hello to your uh, to Megan. Hello, and, and uh, also uh, welcome to the party for Alex. Paul, thank <laughs> you very much. I'm glad to be at the party. <laughs> and uh, I'm calling regarding the Tigers, and I have to agree with with you, Dave. I I, I don't it's I don't really feel con- really worried about the Tigers with the division they're in. They're only a game behind Cleveland. I think the bats are going to wake up. Uh, the further the season goes along. And last year, um, how many games were we behind Cleveland and then uh, we came back? I think it was almost like the same script. Well, we were a decent amount back. I mean, at one point, we were like six six to seven games behind Cleveland, um, you know, at one point. And then Cleveland faded as I thought they would fade. Yeah. But uh, just the one thing I want to ask you, Paul, is if you had, like, because this is what we've been talking about, if you have to pick one thing, and it's not easy to do that, but if you pick one thing that Detroit needs to figure out to be more successful, what is that thing? Well, you know what? It is the timely hitting. We When, when men got, get on base, uh, didn't we have the bases loaded twice yesterday? Yes, we did. Looking for that one hit. Fielder has got a, um, I don't know if it's he has to make that adjust adjustment to the American League, but he has to start we got. We have to get him going, and uh, I think this team's going to be all right later on down the line. I really believe that they're going to win the division, um, and and we'll just take it from there. I agree, Paul. I want to thank you a lot for the call, and uh, definitely call in any time, Paul. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. Yeah, nothing to get too worked up about right now. I think if there is something to really look at is really the performance of Ramon Santiago, Danny Worth, and Ryan Rainbird. Those three names. Megan laughs. Mm. A little fart sound from the corner, and this is really kind of what uh, 
this is something to you know really discuss seriously because Brandon Inge left. He got you know he got released from the Detroit Tigers, as I thought was correct. In his first ten games with the Oakland A's, he has seventeen RBIs, two grand slams, and a three run knock. Now, I still think that Inge deservedly got released. I wouldn't bring him back right now, even for what he's doing. I know a lot of people want to say, "Oh wow, we let him go! Look how amazing he's doing out there." <laughs> it's he's hitting two forty four right now. The guy was only batting one hundred with us. You know, this season it was in only twenty at bats. He's batting two forty four right now for Oakland. Seventeen RBIs. Talk about timely hits. Inge just had some timely hits, mm-hmm. but really, it's the second base thing for the Detroit Tigers. Where, where, who is it? Who steps up and takes that role? I mean, is it Santiago? I mean, this is a funny stat that I, I looked up. And, okay, Inge batted in more runs in three games, eight total runs, than Ramon Santiago, Danny Worth, and Ryan Rayburn having 157 combined at-bats. They have seven RBIs and 157 at-bats. And in three games, Inge has more. Yes, two of those were grand slams. I get it. I know that's going to overinflate that stat. <laughs> but at the same time, Worth is batting 176, Santiago 157, Ryan Rayburn 135. That's not good. That is not good. What do we do about second base? Who is that guy? Who is it, Megan? I don't know. We might as well just keep it empty. Just <laughs> play just, Bosch up a little further. Just have Peralta play both. Yes, exactly. Have him shade just that much more to the left. Honestly, I think um, Santiago is still the best candidate for that. Okay. Um, they they all kind of suck on offense. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, Rayburn, the worst out of all of them. But Santiago, we've seen do good things in the past. And I we still, definitely have. I, I mean, we saw it in the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, very and just toward the end of the season, Santiago looked great. I, I think he's still capable of it. I, I'm still going to stick with our original pick because that was what was when Inge was still on the team, though he was in the whole mix. But yeah, um, I'm still going to stick with Santiago. I, I think he's a decent defenseman, and I think he'll pick up offensively later, like you said, everyone else will, like later in the season. Yeah, I mean, we all know Rayburn. You've season started in July. Rayburn, Rayburn probably bat 300. It seems like if he, you know, but when do they figure that out? Who, who do you have as your second baseman? I mean, Ryan Rayburn plays quite often. He plays a lot more. He's had more at-bats right. than Danny Worth and right. more than Santiago. Rayburn's a guy who's been playing a lot more often. He's been playing outfield. Who do you want at second as your full-time guy? Yeah, I- I'm going to have to say Santiago. I mean, you look at this guy's statistical pass. He's high 200 hitter. He was hitting 300s two years ago with the Tigers. So I-, I think that he still does have a pop in his bat, and it's not that he's getting old with age. I, th- I think he just needs to come around. Jim Leland did come out this week and said, we do have the players, it's just a matter of when. When are we going to hit? And I think that, that obviously comes with baseball. Baseball teams go through slumps. And I, I got to say it. I got to say, Dave, I, I hate I hate when people say, why do we let Inge go? He's doing so well now. I, I always hate that because the players that usually leave a Detroit team, they know pitchers' tendencies. They know scouting st- scouting reports that, uh-huh. that 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 most of the time that MLB team won't even know. So the fact that Brandon Inge got released within two weeks of when they played Oakland, I think that may, may have had a little bit to do with it. And and they did throw Brandon Inge a lot of strikes. Jim Leland, Jim Leland knows, given Brandon Inge's pass, that Brandon Inge takes a lot of pitches. But this year with Oakland, Jim Leland came out and said he was swinging the bat, he swung at all the strikes. Maybe Brandon Inge is changing his, his, his hitting a little bit, so... That, that's the one thing I hate. You look at Carlos Pena when he left the Tigers yes. on the Rays. 
killed us in the series after he left. Placido Polanco. These are all guys past Tigers that they leave the Detroit Tigers. Everyone always says, oh, why did we release them? What are we doing? It's just I do wish we had Polanco still. I do wish we had Polanco. Ah, Thank you. I do wish we had Polanco. That is a guy that... Maybe at the time, you should have spent the money to retain. He'd be our second baseman today. He'd be our second baseman. He'd be batting in the two spot. I don't think there's a question about that. He's batting 280 for the Phillies right now. Um, You know, he's not a guy that, you know, he does have injuries. Polanco gets in his slumps, but he would be your everyday guy at second base. You do look back on that and think maybe they should have offered us some money. Him and his monstrous head. Maybe they should. Yeah, him and his gigantic (laughs) noggin. Yeah, yeah, Dave, and I want to ask you also, though, um... Do you think that Dombrowski could possibly make a move for a second baseman? Do you see that happening? I mean, he, they definitely could. The Tigers, you know, they have a they have a pretty big payroll, so they might be able to do something like that. But I think, as you had pointed out earlier, I think that's going to be more of a last-ditch, have-to effort. They'd rather just find a guy within their own system. And even if it's maybe bringing somebody up from, you know, Toledo, that is, you know, I mean, we've heard a lot about what's it, Nick Castellanos or however you say yeah, yeah. his name. Yeah, I mean, we've heard great things about him. And I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, Ryan Rainbird always picks it up later in the season. Ray Byrne, he's, you know, engine. It seems like he's not engine, but he's like Illich's legitimate child. Because, <laughs> um, God, they just love Rayburn. They love Rayburn down there for some reason. And I, he's hit the ball hard. I'll give him that. In the games I've watched this past week, he's hitting... He's not striking out. He's hitting some hard, you know, uh, having some good at-bats, but balls aren't just finding the holes. Even with, like, a, you know, the almost home run, it, it needed an extra foot to be yeah. a home run for the guy. He ends up with a double. <laughs> so I think things will turn around. I still like Santiago, mm. like you were saying. Hopefully Santiago. And, yeah, all that, why did we leave, release Inch is a bunch of bull. I don't even want to hear it. I think it's stupid. He's still... He's still not going to be that great of a player. We released him for a reason. Yeah, and if you remember last year when we got Ent- Edgar Renteria uh, like yeah. two years ago, that was that was, that a, was late a disaster. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, you see when they let when they let Renteria go, um, he he played well against the yeah, Tigers. He played again. great in San Francisco. Right. Fantastic. And and, and the thing is, after getting J- Dave Dombrowski has a tendency of making those late moves. So you look at a guy like Johnny Peralta coming in last year late within the second half of the season. I mean, I would not be surprised to see a second baseman coming in here if, if Rayburn and Santiago don't pick it up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all either. I would not be surprised at all. And, again, to keep in context with the Tigers, that guys like Peralta, guys like Avila, Cabrera, all these guys had spectacular seasons last year. Spe- we can't – okay, Cabrera's going to do his thing. Cabrera's always going to be able to do his thing. But let's not hold Peralta and Avila to the crazy high standard of a great season they had last year. I think that's unfair. I, I don't think that, you know, you can expect these guys to be batting 312, 315, and just being monsters out there like Cabrera can do, like Josh Hamilton yeah, can do. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't <laughs> think that you can make – I think it's unfair to expect that much out of them. Peralta isn't a slump, but his numbers are very similar to where they were at last season. So I, let's not get, you know, overworked. People have a very short-term memory in this game of baseball. One week you're loved, the next week you're Prince Fielder and you're over 22. You know, so it goes in cycles in baseball. But the Detroit Tigers are going to play a two-game series here against the Chicago White Sox. Starting tonight, 8-10 is your pitch uh, pitch time. Smiley is taking on Danks. Smiley, who has the lowest earned run average in Major League Baseball right now at 1.59, will face off against Danks. Danks struggling this season. Danks is 2-4 and four with uh, almost 6 ERA. Should be a real good game there out of Chicago. Detroit and Chicago have already split the, uh, the season series so far. They're 3-3. Three and three. 
So let's see if we can get the edge on Chicago. And then they'll finish off that two-game road series on Tuesday, 2-10. It's an afternoon game. Scherzer will go against PV. PV having a really good year this season. Should be a very good matchup there. Then the Tigers will come home to Comerica for two games against the Minnesota Twins. Porcello will face Blackburn on Wednesday. And then Fister will take on Walters on Thursday. 7:05 game Wednesday and another afternoon game on Thursday. And then we get our first glimpse of interleague play this weekend, Friday through Sunday. We'll face the Pittsburgh Pirates at Comerica Park. After that, the Tigers will go back on a very long and extensive road trip, nice 10-game road trip to finish the month off. So 17-17, this team did drop to the first time for their first time below 500 in a year with their loss on Saturday, but they got back to 500 with 17-17 with Verlander. So with Verlander, just hope that callus on his right thumb is really not a big deal because that's why he got pulled. I didn't know that until I saw this earlier today because you're just wondering really why, but that is why hopefully Verlander should be fine. We are going to take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we get back, who is the best hitter in baseball? A lot of people might say Josh Hamilton. Guy's having a monster year, but we're going to discuss that. We'll also get into the NBA for you, NHL, some boxing and NASCAR. Phone number is 517-432-3893. You are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. First floor. Hey, what floor are you going to? <clears throat> oh, uh, three. Thanks. <coughs> hey, didn't we uh, have... Yeah, that one class. Yeah, that's so funny to, <laughs> to see you because I <coughs> thought maybe we could... Uh, would you ever want to... Um, <coughs> I was wondering if you, if I could... Stick my finger in your eye. What? No. Oh, I just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex Ew, in my pocket. That's uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Ugh. in your eye. Is that weird? No, don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Oh, sorry. Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into that kind of thing. Free. Studies show that three quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. More at cdc.gov slash clean hands. Impact 89FM. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. From 10 p.m. until midnight Sunday nights, listen to the Impact Afterglow, where you can hear a variety of relaxed tracks to help you ease into the start of a new week. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. And welcome back here to the Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave, Megan, and Alex here with you. First half hour, we're talking uh, mostly baseball, talking about the Detroit Tigers and how they've been doing so far 34 games into the regular season. You can still give us a call in regard to that, but we are going to switch topics, stay on baseball, but who do you think is the best hitter right now in Major League Baseball? Phone number is 517-432-3893. Josh Hamilton right now, just to put a little perspective on it, has been doing something most players have never done ever. Josh Hamilton has 18 home runs, 41 RBIs, and is batting 402 up to this point in the season. Now Miguel Cabrera, who's also having, I'd say, a good year. Not an amazing year right now, but he's having a very good year. Seven home runs, 21, 29 RBIs, which ties for second in the American League, and he's batting 294. 
as of right now this season. And Megan, I'll start with you. Who is the best hitter in baseball in your mind? The season or... Best hitter? It doesn't matter the season. Okay, because you said the season at first. So well, I'm know. saying this is what they're doing so far this season, but in general, who do you think is the best pure hitter in the game? The best pure It could hitter. be Albert Pujols, even though he's having a you know a donkey-like first <laughs> half to the season. But who do you have? It's tough. There's so many good hitters out there. I got like, yeah, I got like five really there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking because what I did is I pulled up the batting averages, top batting averages uh-huh. for everyone. And Josh Hamilton is first, no doubt. You know, you said a 402 average. Not a Pretty lot of amazing. people can break over Pretty 400. Um, one of my my favorites, as much as people hate playing him, would have to be David Ortiz. I know he kind of fell <laughs> apart. I like Ortiz. I like Ortiz I like a that. lot, though. I like that. Um, I think he's probably top. Three, I think, in the best hitters in baseball. Okay. Um, I know we were talking about, you said Cabrera. Cabrera, you know, we were saying MVP, MVP, great hitter, that kind of thing. I'd have to go with him. But this season, I would have to go with Josh Hamilton. He is okay. having a lights-out season. Um, not many people, like I said, can get above a 400 average. And, uh, what, 18 home runs and 44 RBIs? I, w- I was going down this list, and, like, next one is, like, Miguel with 29. Like, yeah, and yeah, what, Edwin and Carcion yeah. that's sitting there you with 29, too. Ortiz with 25, like... Not many people are very close to him right now, so no, that's what I have to say. Alex, who is your best hitter? Oh, I love this. I'm going to go with a little dark horse here. Okay. Right now, obviously the attention's all on Hamilton. His, yes. His, his four home runs in the game. To me, right now, the best hitter in baseball is Matt Kemp, and let me tell you why. Okay. That's a it's a very fair argument. Let's Matt Kemp in April. This has only happened four times in MLB history. In the month of April, he's hit over 400 average. 10 home runs plus and over 25 RBIs. He had 26 RBIs. It is ridiculous how much this guy has gone through coming back from back in 08, 09. He has gone, he's, he's, he was a comeback player. So to me, that's a big deal. He's 27 years old, 27 to 30. He's usually a big primetime era for a baseball player. And, and on top of that, I, I think the guy deserves it. I mean, I don't want to make, you know, a comparison to LeBron, you know, LeBron getting the MVP. That's <laughs> does he deserve the MVP? But Kemp probably Kemp you know, it was between Kemp and Braun last year, and I mean I think Kemp you could have made a great argument for Matt Kemp to win the National League, you know, player of the year last season. Uh Ryan Braun, you know, can you know, accused of, you know, the whole steroid doping thing, appealed that, got that relinquished. But Matt Kemp is having a heck of a year. Yeah, and I want to point out also that unlike the Tigers, the Tigers are five hundred right now, Miguel Cabrera. The the Dodgers are in first place, the best record in baseball right now. Yep. So from that alone, I'm going to say Matt Kemp. All right, we got Matt Kemp over here. We got Josh Hamilton over here. And I'm going to defend Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> oh, I think Miguel bias. Cabrera is the best hitter in the game of baseball. Miguel Cabrera, in my opinion at least, his whole career playing in Florida for five seasons, now in Detroit for five seasons, he is still batting 316 career over his 10-year career so far, almost a 950 OPS at 947 for his career to this point. And Miguel Cabrera has played in the least hitter-friendly parks that we have seen in Major League Baseball. I mean, Petco Park obviously is a bad one out there in San Diego. But Comerica is a very tough place to get home runs. It's a very tough place to hit. If I If Miguel Cabrera played in Texas his whole career, I think his overall numbers would be much higher. 
I think they would be much higher. And what I love about Miguel Cabrera is that he can stroke the long ball if he needs to, but he's that guy who knows how to punch a single to the you know to the the pole field. He knows how to punch a single to the offside, which we saw in this game on Sunday. Not doing too much. He does exactly what he needs to do to be a successful hitter. He plays within the means of the situation during the game. He's not just swinging for the fences. Josh Hamilton's having an amazing year. And if Hamilton didn't have all the substance abuse problems and injury problems, he could be maybe one of the best hitters of all time. Something that we just won't know. Because he had so many years that he just did not play in his prime, in his youth, that he didn't get a chance to. But Miguel Cabrera... Still, his OPS is a little lower than I would like at 830 right now for the season. But when it comes to pure hitter hitter in the parks he plays in, and I have to go with an American League guy, that's the o- Matt Kemp's, he's playing great, but I have a problem giving it to a National League guy. Well, well, let me he's playing, he's, he, I'm sorry, he's going, he's in the National League. It's the little brother of the American League. Uh, he you, would pull out that right now. It's true. It's true. I mean, if you're talking salary cap, I agree it is the little brother. <laughs> you got the Yankees and the Red Sox, of course, and the Tigers, the new Yankees, maybe. Tigers, yeah, they, Tigers got a ton of money, too. Yeah. But I want to ask you this. Yeah. I agree with your statement. He does. He, he can put the ball wherever he wants. He, he knows. He, he hits purely. He doesn't necessarily go for the fences. I agree. It's a fair statement. But if you put Miguel Cabrera yes. in a National League division, okay. especially the division of the Dodgers with San Francisco— You've got great pitching. San Francisco's great, good. They have, they've always had great pitching. You've, you've got great pitchers in that, that whole division, too. Uh, my question is, would, would Miguel Cabrera succeed in that division like Matt Kemp is? I think so. I mean, I think that you have better pitching overall in the American League that you're going to be facing most of the season. Uh, Texas has amazing pitching. Without a doubt, the Angels with you know Jared Weaver, with Dan Heron, C.J. Wilson. They have a very formidable pitching staff. So I think even if Miguel Cabrera was in the National League, and if he played in, let's just say, hypothetically, in the National League West, I still think he had easily the same amount of success that we've seen against the types of pitching like you, Darvish, you know, the kind of yeah. pitching that he needs to face, that he faces in the American League. And let's give Oakland a lot of credit, too. We saw that this weekend. This is somehow a team that can get rid of some of their top guys, but they have, they just, Billy Bean has done the most amazing job with young talent. I think in all of baseball that they can get rid of Cahill and then, okay, we brought in Bartolo Colon. I know Colon got lit up in that outing with us. Don't get me wrong, but they have found good talent. And I just think overall, I'm going to take Miguel Cabrera. And right before we close this off, Josh Hamilton, 18 home runs. Does he, does he break Barry Bonds 73 home run record? Uh, I don't know what Megan thinks, but to me, it's, it's, if, if you look at the statistics right now in the AL batting, Hamilton leads, in home runs, batting average, and RBIs. In RBIs, he's 44. The next closest to 44 RBIs is Cabrera with 29. Yep. Now, on pace, he 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 could easily. Oh, on pace, it. yeah. I mean, if he kept up this just demonstrative pace, <laughs> I mean, the guy's going to hit like 80 home runs but this season. But guy, do you think he does it? Yeah, my, uh, my opinion is absolutely not. Um, just, does, it, does he break? Does he hit 60? Uh, because... He, that was, I mean, it's almost like you know he's not going to hit 73. Is, is he really going to break Bonds' record? I don't think so. Unless he's juicing, he's not going to break Bonds' record. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. But does he hit 60? Megan, do, do we see a guy get to 60 that we haven't seen in a while? Mm. It's it's I, it's tough, but it, if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy and he stays clean and he doesn't <laughs> get in trouble. I, it's possible, <laughs> but it's going to be tough. Like you said, he kind of has to stay doing what he's doing right now. 
And with baseball being so iffy, I don't I don't think he can. I don't think I think he's gonna have like high fifties. Yeah. I see him at somewhere between fifty five and even like fifty nine, honestly. I can I could see him getting up to that point, but I, I can't see him cracking sixty. I think it's amazing can't. how great of a year he's had considering that people thought last year was his maximum year. Yeah. I mean, he's doing better right now than he is last year, and it's still so early. He is. Maybe Baby Blue Eyes needs to play some more day games so uh, he doesn't hit as well. <laughs> because we all... Look, <laughs> you remember, I remember that story last year. I mean, it was the, the discrepancy in stats was insane to day games. Hamilton played in night games. In day games, because he's, you know, Mr. Blue Eyes, he was batting under 200. Maybe he needs some more Oakland. Those blue eyes those, are doing It's it. those baby blue eyes. Oh, yeah, he I'm couldn't sure. see. Maybe he needs some more Oakland shade. I think the shade might, you know, help him out a little bit. Real fast, I want a uh, really funny comment that uh, I heard in the, the telecast yesterday during the Tigers game is uh, Rod was actually talking to, um, I believe it was uh, Alex Avila during an at-bat. And Avila turns around and says, was that a, was that a strike? Because, you know, I mean, the shadows, he couldn't see. And you know, uh, you know, Melky, who was the, um, you know, he's behind home plate. He says, "I don't know." <laughs> he couldn't see. They could. They. I mean, the, you couldn't see. I mean, there was plus twenty strikeouts in this game, and I think we saw why. I just wanted to say that because I, maybe Oakland never have that start time for a game again ever. The shadows start creeping in within the first thirty minutes of the game, mm-hmm. and it screws the batters completely over. And I think we saw that. When the ump's telling you he doesn't know, and what chance you have as a hitter? Yeah, what well, what would happen if all MLB teams had had collapsible had uh, retractable roofs? I think what do you, what do you think would happen to the game? Like, let's say Oakland had a had a roof and had an indoor stadium retractable. Well, I mean, first I'd have to say Oakland needs to fill more than ten thousand seats to afford a roof for their stadium. <laughs> they can't fill their stadium for the yeah. life of them. But uh, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad if sure in a perfect world if we could throw retractable roofs on all stadiums then. It would be nice for no rainouts and all that stuff, but it's not realistic <laughs> in any way whatsoever, especially with these teams that, you know, are smaller market teams. They just don't have the type of money to be able to afford that. And, you know, even just with the product that you put out, I mean, Oakland's having a pretty decent season. They're two, uh, they're one game over 500 at this point, but Oakland's just not, people aren't crazy about baseball. They just don't draw the fans that the Angels that the Angels draw. Yeah. They don't draw the fans that the Dodgers draw. The Dodgers are one of the most popular franchises in Major League Baseball. So I think they just get left in the dust. More as like an afterthought they got for Bil- Oakland. They got beaned. Yeah, they got Billy beaned. But uh, we're going to move to the NBA. Talk about the NBA here for a moment. The NBA kicked off here uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, well, they didn't kick off, but uh, round two kicked off here for the Miami Heat versus the Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers putting away the Orlando Magic here last week. Miami disposing of the New York Knicks as well. And in a game where the Pacers led by six points at the half, LeBron James turns on the Jets in the second half, scores 32 points, finishes with 32, 15 rebounds, and had a really nice performance there. Miami Heat win 95-86 to to get an early 1-0 lead in that series. The Clippers beat the Memphis Grizzlies in Game 7 here. Uh, Memphis being down 3-1 in the series, forces Game 7 on their home court and lose 82-72 to in a pretty ugly game in a lot of ways. But the Clippers outlast the Grizz, and now two L.A. teams have moved on to the semifinals. The Lakers are taking on Oklahoma City Thunder tonight, which should be a nice rematch of uh, Meta Shiver, um, Shiver, uh, Forearm Shiver World Peace. Uh, Meta World Peace finally back. Uh, he played in uh, Game 1 here, in Game 7, excuse me, uh, against uh, in the last series the Lakers faced, but this should be a really good series between the Lakers and the Oklahoma City Thunder who do you have coming out of that series? Ah, oh, that's tough. I think it's a great series. Yeah. I love the matchup. 
Oklahoma City swept Dallas. They've been off since last Saturday. They've been off for pretty much nine days. They just finished up their series Saturday night, the Lakers did here, against the Nuggets. What happens? A lot of rest and then no rest. Right. Um... I, I think that when you when you compare professional to college basketball, college basketball and NCAA tournament, streaky teams are a, a very big indicator in terms of you know how far you're going to pick a team to go. Mm-hmm. In terms of pros, a hot team right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Statistically, they are the favorite, but for some reason, I do think that that the experience of the LA Lakers, that 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 unit of Gasol and Bryant all together, the years they've played together. I think in the end, I think those two and the plays that they will make in the fourth quarter of the game is going to separate it. So you think that goes the distance? Does that go seven? Yeah, I think it's going to go six, seven. But I do think that even though Durant, obviously an up-and-coming player, I think that Kobe and Paul Gasol together, that experience I think is going to keep them just like it does with the Boston Celtics, how it did two uh-huh. years ago when they won. So Okay. That's my, that's my I'd love to hear that. Megan knows I love Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. No, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm all Kobe. I'm all Lakers. So I really, really want the Lakers to beat OKC. I like Oklahoma City. I, don't, I wish they were – if they were the Seattle Supersonics still, I would like them so much more. The fact that they're the Oak City Thunder just makes me cry as a – you know, I just remember as a kid yeah, how- watching <laughs> the Seattle Supersonics, watching Sean Kemp, watching some of these great players, Gary Payton, and now they're out in Oklahoma. Yeah, they, 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 not to dog <laughs> Oklahoma, but man, like they need a basketball team yeah. in Oklahoma. I'm sorry, why? They, why? I wish they just would have stayed in Seattle. I guess is my bottom line. I'm gonna still take OKC to beat the Thunder. Uh, OKC to beat the Lakers here in this season, in this series. I don't want it to happen, but I just think they're OKC's too talented, and unless they can really get that play from their big men that they did get in Game Seven through Bynum and Gasol, if you don't get that. They're, they're sunk. They're absolutely sunk in that series. Who do you have coming out the West? you got Spurs Clippers facing off here on Tuesday night, game one, 9.30 start time. Who's going to be facing off here in the conference finals? To me, it's going to be the Clippers. It's an easy choice. Clippers? It's an easy choice. What? And, and I'm going to say that because I just think that the, the Staples Center in the year 2012 is, is going to be a frenzy. You, we were talking about this earlier, Dave, but for the listeners, you've got the Kings – in the in the in the in the conference finals, you've got the Clippers and the Lakers both deep into the playoffs in their in their quarterfinals for yeah. the division. So, it, it, it to me, I think this could be a year where the the Staples Center is going to succeed. And I think that with the new hype of the Clippers, especially being the little brother to the Lakers in that same center, I think it's going to shock everyone this year. I just think for some reason with Blake Griffin and, and Paul together with their first year together, just like when Rashid came in with the Pistons back in 04, I think that th- that those acquisitions that first year, I think this year is going to be their year. I mean, that's my dream matchup. Clippers, Lakers, conference finals. I would lose it. I would. That would be amazing. The Spurs, though, how can I ever go against the Spurs? <laughs> How could you? This team is dominant. They're just they're demonstrative. That's the way they play. They fifty seven pen, uh, points from their bench in that closeout yeah. game against Utah. That's unheard of. Greg Popovich, the best coach easily in the NBA. But let's go to the phone lines and see if someone will disagree with us. Hey, how's it going? You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, it's James over in California. There he is, the Golden Boy himself. <laughs> What's going on, James? Yes. Oh, I have got to disagree with what I just heard. I am. Awfully surprised I heard that. Um, 
Which I one? Think this is <laughs> yeah. Next to no chance of the Clippers beating the Thunder. Next to no chance. Yeah, I really do. Um, I'm a big. Uh, I'm definitely rooting for the Clippers because uh, I really like the story behind them. I really like what they do as a team and the excitement they provide. But it's just uh, against the Thunder. I don't think they're any match, really. I, I agree. I mean, I think the Spurs are going to probably dispose of the you know Clippers in five. Uh, I think they're really going to take it to the Clippers. If the Clippers were fully healthy, if uh, you, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul are not fully healthy, and you can see that. And if with them not having Chauncey Billups, and I hate to always go back to it, without Billups, they're a different team. With Billups, that is a team that could beat the Spurs. Without Billups, I don't think they have enough. I really don't think. I they're... agree. I agree. I agree. They're definitely missing Billups, and that's that's a huge part with the uh, with the experience that he provides and what he can uh, do on the court still at his age. They're definitely missing a lot there. Um, but I don't want to agree with you too long here. I really wanted to call in to talk more about what we talked the other day, and that was uh, that I think that the 76ers are um, definitely going to be strong in these playoffs. So still. they're down one zero in this. They're down one zero in the series to the Celtics. Okay, right. Boston came back, stole Game One. And this is something I've talked about with Dallas losing a nail-biter of a game in their first-round matchup to OKC. When you play that well of a game that long and you lose it still, you're the underdog, you're the road team, and you lose that tough game one, I feel like it's such a punch in the gut that you lost your chance to get the you know get the series edge. And that if they stole game one, I'm probably leaning in your corner, but... The Celtics behind a Garnett who looks like he's playing like a kid again. Garnett looks amazing out there. Ray Allen can always stroke the three ball, and Paul Pierce is the truth. So I'm sorry, man. Boston, Miami, conference finals. I really think that the youth, the youthfulness of the team, along with the skill of the team, the 76ers, and the great coaching, I really feel like that they could definitely overcome the series and win it. Um, I, I think Boston is definitely a threat, but I, I really see this to be Miami 76ers. Hey, I wouldn't be upset with it necessarily. I do want to see Boston move on. I do. I'm a huge fan of Kevin Garnett, the old school guys, that how much longer am I going to be able to see them? So I would like to see them make a deep run. But real fast, because we got to get going here, James, give me your two picks, the conference final matchups that you have in the East and the West. Uh, yeah, out of the East, I'm going to have, uh, well, I think the Miami is going to beat the 76ers um, and advance on to play. It's, it's really looking like the Thunder. I feel like they are going to be able to beat the Spurs, and uh, that will be my two teams in the championship there. All right. Well, thanks for the call, James, and we'll definitely talk more about that in the coming weeks, okay? Yep. All right. Have thanks. All right, you too. I don't know. I got Spurs, OKC, Conference Finals, Heat, and Celtics, Heat against the Spurs. I like those picks. I'm, I'm... We'll see. It's tough to say, and those aren't the teams I want to see necessarily, but I think that's just the matchup that will ensue. I really want to see Clippers-Lakers Conference Finals. Yeah. If we could somehow, that in some crazy world that could happen, that would be amazing. Uh, for the next couple minutes, I do want to talk about this because we've missed it the last two week, uh, the last uh, couple weeks in a row. Pacquiao Mayweather, um, Pacquiao, uh, excuse me, Floyd Mayweather won in a twelve round unanimous decision against Miguel Cotto last Saturday, winning, getting thirty two million dollars for that fight. He's going to serve a ninety day prison sentence here, or well, really, he's going to be in county jail, I think, mostly, but he's going to be facing a ninety day sentence here. June first, he will start that sentence. 
We've waited for a long time about Pacquiao and Mayweather. Will this fight happen? Alex, in your opinion, will we ever see this fight? Uh, well, the day we see that fight is the day that Mayweather could maybe go down, and it looks like. But it, 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 this last fight just shows why Mayweather is so dominant. You, you heard the, uh, the HBO guys talking about this. Mayweather was redefined after this fight against Cotto. Redefined. Yeah. And with, with the controversy that happened in his last fight... You know, you you remember what happened when Mayweather went to the middle, shook his hand, when they had a little tussle up, and Mayweather comes up and nails Ortiz, and it's a knockout, and that sparked a lot of controversy. This was one of the first fights since then that that Mayweather fought fully, without being there being any yes. any controversy at all. So, to me, this this redefines him and shows why he's the best. But in terms of your question, will we see this? Will fight? Will we see that? What everyone wants to see. Wow, ma- imagine the sales they're going to get on that damn pay per view. I mean, they would be able. I mean, you're talking about payouts for what both of these guys being in the the forty to fifty to sixty million category if they just fought in this fight. <laughs> wow. Do you think this fight will happen? I mean, is it a fight? I think it's a fight everyone wants to see. I think it's a fight everyone wants to see, but I think but it's a fight that's not going to happen. Okay, okay. See, all right. So you don't think it's going to happen? No. I don't. I think it's been dragged on for too long that I don't think it, no, either of them are going to give in. Just and, not going to happen. Yeah. And isn't that disappointing? Yeah. A little bit. I mean, for the people who are actually more, you know, fans, I think it would be, yeah. But I, that's the thing with boxing. And, you know, we've talked about it before, but boxing, it just, you talk about a sport that dominated in the 20th century. Absolutely dominated. During the Depression, that's what kept people I mean, Joe going. Lewis was named after Mr. Joe Lewis, okay? <laughs> he was a boxer for all you, you know, people that don't know that, okay? <laughs> Boxing is what, you know, this country was in a lot of ways, I don't want to say founded on, but it was what people came to see, was boxing. And then even you go later into the 20th century, looking at Tyson, uh, looking at, obviously, you know, Muhammad Ali. Guy, well, for, I mean, guys, you can't forget these guys, Frazier, you know, but now... Two of the best fighters. I mean, it, it's ridiculous in this country, in this day and age, that two of the best fighters, and we just won't see them fight, probably. Yeah. Do, do you think, though, that if, if Mayweather's entourage, let's say Curtis Jackson, 50 Cent, 50 Cent goes up to Floyd Mayweather and says, hey, please fight him. Let's let's do this. Do you think he would say yes or no? I don't think it's going to be that nice. <laughs> I don't, please fight him. Just please fight him. And I, here's a quote from uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather in regard to this whole situation. He says, quote, I'm just really tired of the media and the people being fooled. The truth, the truth is Pacquiao's promoter, prom- promoter, Bob Arum, is not going to let the fight happen. It's not on me. I went to Pacquiao and offered him $40 million, and I told him I would wire him $20 million within 48 hours. He turned me down and said he wanted a 50-50 split. I'm like, how can you ask for a 50-50 and you're not doing the same numbers that I'm doing? So once he's free from Bob Arum, will the fight happen? Absolutely. But as of now, he's with Bob Arum, so the fight isn't going to happen. End quote. So as long as Bob Arum remains the promoter for Manny Pacquiao, it seems like this fight will never go down. 50 Cent, come on, man. Let's see some more encouragement. I don't like this Aaron guy. We'll see. I mean, Bob Aram, uh, the one thing Aram says, because he actually used to work with Floyd Mayweather, is that Mayweather's afraid to fight a lefty. He's afraid to fight a southpaw in Manny Pacquiao, and that's really the excuse, because really, Manny Pacquiao has agreed to the Olympic-style drug testing, the blood test, he's agreed to it. And I think we're just dancing around this whole idea, whether it's money or whatever, when really, I think Bob Aram is really one of the guys holding the fight up. In a lot of ways. Hopefully, this fight, if it just better happen eventually. 
<laughs> I'm just, I, it's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I know UFC's taken over and MMA and all that, all that noise, and UFC's pretty cool at times, but you just miss good boxing. It just any decent boxing, it's gone these days. You have you have the Klitschko brothers and the heavyweights that you see now and then, but when it comes down to it, you want to see the two best guys in the world fight, and if they don't fight, then even though Floyd Mayweather's undefeated, it's going to mean less in my eyes. If these two guys, it's same for even Pacquiao. If these guys don't fight, then it really, I just think, you know, it's a disgrace to the sport to not have the two best fighters face off against each other. Yeah, and if you look at past history, I mean, this doesn't happen very often the last time that the one-two fighters would not fight each other because of some circumstance. You know, this is a pretty new pretty new argument. It doesn't so. happen. Uh, we do have to get going here, but uh, for all you NHL fans out there, the Los Angeles Kings, the eight-seed Kings, beat the Phoenix Coyotes in the first game of the Western Conference Finals. Kings getting a win 4-2. to two. Kings looking like they're on their way to the Stanley Cup Finals as an eight-seed. Very impressive from the Los Angeles Kings. And for your Eastern Conference Finals, that'll kick off tonight. Puck drops actually in about a minute here at 8 p.m. Devils will face off against the New York Rangers. We'll see if they can drop the puck before they drop their gloves. Because the Rangers and the Devils don't like each other. That should actually be a very good series. Uh, I do want to thank everyone out there for tuning in to the Spartan Sports Wrap here this evening. We'll have a brand new show for you next week. And we'll have another show for you on Memorial Day. Because we always work. But uh, the Asian Invasion is coming up next for everyone here at the Spartan Sports Wrap. My name is Dave Ferencu. And I'm Megan. And I'm Alex. And he's Alex. All right, you guys have a good one out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.